Welcome to the Media Mavens Podcast. This is the podcast where you'll find the latest and greatest trends, topics, and tribulations with industry leaders. And now, here is your host, the CEO of Access Entertainment and the Media Excellence Awards, the original media maven herself, Sarah Miller. Hi, this is Sarah Miller, CEO of Access Entertainment and your host for Media Maven's podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Joe Pirate, sportscaster, public affairs, voice of God, all things mobile entertainment and tech. Hi, Joe. Hello, Sarah. How are you doing today? <laughs> I think it was just like Thursday, I stumbled through that. I one. know. You are, but you are voice of God. I've known you forever. So well, not not the God. God, but you know, the voice of him. So hey. <laughs> I'm I'm just, 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 so I'm super excited because we've got such great guests on the show. And Joe knows I'm stalking astronauts and NASA trying to get one of them on. So this is why I'm excited to have our guest on. You know, we have Susan Miller. She's the founder and CEO of Astrology Zone. And I'm so proud that she's a client of ours because I'm all about the space right now and stalking NASA. And Susan, oh, welcome to the Media Maven podcast. I'm excited you're here. Thank today. you. What a great podcast. I love it. Yeah. And I just, I'm excited that you're here because I've been talking to Joe a lot about trying to get an astronaut and with COVID and everything going on. Like you are like, there's so much pokey pokey like oh we're tarot cards and all this stuff you are not even in that category you are the only astrologer the largest one in the industry and on the internet that really bases the intelligence of science and math because when Mm -hmm. the full moon and planets move it does affect the gravity pool it does you know everything Mm -hmm. and you really base everything you do and you've worked with nasa on and off on science and math so i you know i love that you're here to talk about this but (laughs) You are, it's outstanding numbers. They're outstanding. Um, you're, you're digital. You've been leaning into tech on the mobile side. So let's kind of like give a little bit of intro, like what you're doing. And because you're bigger than people think you are. And I think it's important <laughs> to let them know that if you're going to go search for anything, you always, it's like COVID, you always go to science and math. And I feel like astrology is that same thing. It's always science and math. Am I correct on that? Yes. And, and people don't understand what astrology is, what it can do, what it can't do. There's a lot of misinformation out there. And also, because millennials love astrology, a lot of young people are popping up and putting a shingle outside their door saying, I'm an astrologer, you know, and it really takes years of work. I had to study for 12 years before I ever told anyone that I was an astrologer. And I waited 20 years before I charged for a chart. My mother taught me. You learned, your mother was an astrologer. You learned from when you were a little girl. Well, I didn't want people to know I knew astrology. It was not accepted fully, not until after the internet appeared. And, And then people had privacy and they could read it. They didn't have to buy a magazine or a book. They could see it. It's in their home and they could see how it worked and they saw it did. So it was a good thing for astrology, but it was also a bad thing because there were people out there reading charts that had no business taking money. I am an accredited astrologer by the International Society of Astrologic Research. Um, There's another organization called the National Council for Geocosmic Research, And they give tests and monitor things. There are four levels and so forth. So a person can become 
accredited and there are classes that they can take, you know, but it's not a cookbook kind of yeah. thing. That's the one that's know? in Arizona. Is that the one that's in Arizona? The geo. Oh yeah. In Arizona, you have the American Federation of Astrologers. Yeah. They're in Tempe. Yeah. Got it. And they have a great library. People can go in. <laughs> when you have adapted and you've been leaning into tech more and more, what was that pivotal point for you to decide, hey, I need to really expand? Well, first of all, I want to say that my website will be 25 years on the net on December 14th. Wow. This year, 2020, I started on December 14th, 1995. Mm-hmm. And I started on Time Warner's website. They invited me on. I insisted on holding the the ownership of my website and I licensed the material to them. And they were fine with that. And I federal trademarked everything. Although those years were the Wild West. I mean, it was covered wagons going west to Silicon Valley. It was snake oil and crazy things. There were no laws. Government is usually very slow to catch up with new technology. After three years, though, they got involved with AOL and I switched to Disney, the Walt Disney Company, uh, Go.com and ABC News. I was there another three years when they actually decided that the internet was a fad and I would have to leave. (laughs) So I asked for extra time to write code that they say when your contract's up, you're not, you don't have to leave today, but I needed extra time to find the right techies to write the code and so forth. And I left on the day before nine 11. So from, from 2001, September 10th, I was on my own hiring my own team And it was terrifying. I needed a lot of money coming in to pay everyone. And when I was with Time Warner and Disney, they were paying me licensing fees that covered all that. Now I was jumping off a cliff. I I was really scared. But Barnes & Noble came to me and asked me to write five books. They knew I, I was in a point where I needed cash quickly, someone told them. And they said, we want you to write five books. And all of my books made number one on their bestseller list. I cannot say I'm a New York Times bestseller because the Times doesn't allow Barnes & Noble or Amazon on their list. It has to be Mama Papa stores. It's a little complicated. I know most people don't know that. <laughs> But astrology is the uh, study of mathematical cycles, some which will repeat in your lifetime frequently or infrequently, and others that will never happen again, that they're once in a lifetime. So, Susan, you know, we talked about mathematical and science, and you just mentioned that there's a few mathematical things that happen based on math and science that will never happen again. Kind of like when you see shooting stars or comets every 20 years. Can you talk more to that of how you're pivoting through the science and mathematics of that? Pluto takes 248 years to go around the sun. So you're not going to experience Pluto in a certain constellation more than once in your life. And you're not going to have all 12. What's concerning astrologers right now is it's going back to the place it was in 1776 when we were in a rebellious mood (laughs) and we started a country because uh, we wanted to get away from England. 
how do I know where the planets are? We should cover that. NASA publishes an ephemeris. That an ephemeris is a table of where the planet is every single day, mm-hmm. every planet. So we can look and see that Mars is 24 degrees Aries or the moon is in Scorpio at 12 degrees, whatever it is. I know where all eight planets are, including Pluto. Pluto's important. It may be a dwarf planet, but it's probably the most powerful planet in your chart. And then the sun and moon too. So we we look at those. And when the planets are within range of speaking to each other, then we know that they're making an aspect. And, and the Ptolemaic aspects from Ptolemy, the great Greek astrologer, are an opposition, which can bring two sides together, like two halves of an apple to make a whole, or it could be combative, depending on how the aspect is. A conjunction where two are shoulder to shoulder, that is the most powerful aspect there is. Then there's the square, which, like it sounds, there's an obstacle there. A trine, which comes from the word triangle, is heavenly. It's something that just lands in your lap. It's lucky. And then there's a sextile, which is only 60 degrees away, whereas a trine is 120. And that is opportunity. It's not going to land in your lap, but you have to reach for that plum on the tree and take it because it's there for you. I can make you more successful. If you listen to me, if you follow what I say, life gets easier and you understand why things are happening. I tell you when to hold back and when to move forward on Astrology Zone and also on my app, Daily Horoscope Astrology Zone, plus more by Susan Miller. But if you just search by Susan Miller on Google Play or on uh, Apple App Store, I come up and you look for the uh, the, the words. So. So as all the moons and everything, you know, gets closer, the energy and the gravitation, I mean, everything affects what's going on up there. Well, we don't know why astrology works exactly. We don't know exactly why it works. We see empirical information on this. I asked my readers for feedback on Twitter and on Instagram. I'm at Astrology Zone on both. I'm on Facebook, too. I enjoy Twitter and Instagram more. And uh, it's, uh, we get feedback and feedback is so important. You know, uh, I had said that the Halloween full moon was going to be a tough one. And then I went on Twitter a week later. Did I overemphasize that? Was it easy for you? Now, when there were three or four people who said it was, I got a promotion and so forth. So they had something going on in their chart and everybody has a unique chart. I cannot see everything going on in everybody's chart. I can see where the sun is. But the 175,000 people who wrote in, I, it was just crazy. We couldn't even read them all. A lot of things about pets. A lot of things. My pet got sick, but my pet needed to go to the vet. Well, it was uh, it was, it was like a that. blue moon, right? Also, it was a big, the blue moon, right? It comes every... Yeah, it was the second full moon of the month. My forecasts have been getting long. Each one is about 4,000 words because each month now we're having a full moon and a new moon. Now, when you come to an eclipse, 
An eclipse is a new moon or full moon on steroids. There's one on November 30th, but these are gentle ones. It's in Gemini. The next one is a, a new moon solar eclipse, December 14th. New moons open a path. So that one should be exciting. Uh, so there's there's a lot going on all the time, but you should definitely pay attention to eclipses and the place where I tell you Mars is in a chart and the new moons and the full moons. Those are the foundation of your chart each month. But I go backwards and forwards in time in my forecast on Astrology Zone so I can put you in a context because you weren't born new this month. You're bringing with you projects, excitement, maybe a disappointment, something, or maybe you're waiting for something. And I put you in context and then show you what's coming, what the environment's going to be. But it will be up to you to work with me. I tell you when to do things. And I'm very specific about what to do. And I give you a variety of options. I like the too. fact that you talk about opportunity, giving people opportunity. And I, I've taken a look at some of your past work. It's been great. I know that there are there's a meteorologist out there now called uh, his name's Thomas Chisholm, and he's a former meteorologist. And now he uh, predicts stock market trends by solar cycles. I mean, you know, some people thought it was crazy, but he tends to be quite on, quite spot on on his. Now, I'm glad you brought that up because that was really great. I'll tell you something about this year. Jupiter and Pluto come together. And they, they see each other. They're excited. They haven't seen each other in 13 years. Every 13 years they meet. Uh, Warren Buffett and Bill Gates were born during a Jupiter-Pluto year. So was Robert De Niro, a lot of very successful people. Okay, so I thought, wow, 2020 is going to be just great. <laughs> Huge deals. Big money deals. And then COVID comes. But the big money deals were the government stimulus packages in the trillion. And I didn't expect that. I also didn't know something else. And you learn every day. Life is a lab and you pay attention. You can get a lot of information. There's a book that astrologers have that tells you what rules everything. So I looked up virus. What, what, is, what rules virus? Pluto. Well, I had never looked for a virus, so I never knew that. And Jupiter, we do know, expands everything it touches. So when they got together on April 4th, they had dinner. <laughs> and, and Jupiter said, I'm so happy to see you. What could we cook up? What could we do? He says, well, Mother Nature gave me this virus. Would you help me spread it? And Jupiter said, oh, sure, of course. I, anything for you, Pluto. He was drinking a little too much wine, obviously. <laughs> what was he thinking? But if you remember April, mm -hmm. and you can feel when two big planets are very slow moving, you can feel it a month before by March, we were feeling it. And in Europe and in Italy, that's when the virus was so bad. Then they met again, uh, June 30th, but they were both in retrograde, which means mm -hmm. they were resting. So I thought, well, it's not going to be too bad. The, there'll be a spike, but not too bad. Now, at the time, we thought it was bad because it was heavy in Florida and the whole Sun Belt, mm -hmm. Arizona and Texas. And then it went up through California. 
Then it started simmering down, but I wrote in my column, you have to be careful. I know you're sick of the pandemic, but the pandemic's not sick of you. He's on a mission to infect you. So you have to resist this. And I said, they're meeting one more time, November 12th. And I expect a ferocious effect from that one because Jupiter and Pluto will be awake and rested. And this this high spike will go on until about Christmas when they start to separate and they're not going to be together for 13 years. And I would like them more than eight degrees apart. By Christmas, they're eight degrees apart. By January 12th, they're much further apart. And I think by then we're not going to be as obsessed. It's simmering down for whatever reason. Maybe the vaccines are coming in to help the people in nursing homes and the first responders and the doctors, but something's going on. And, uh, you know, I looked back in New York, we had the, uh, the Spanish flu. So I, you know, I did my chart. And there was Jupiter and Pluto. In I was going to ask you about that. I was going to ask how the history yeah. went with that. You look back. I, I heard that yellow fever was a big deal in New York. Um, because, you know, you just Google big outbreaks in New York City. I live here. So I thought, okay, what else did they have? They had yellow fever in 1795. And again, and that lasted longer. They didn't know... You know, in those days, they didn't know how to test. They didn't know what was causing it. They didn't know anything. And uh, that lasted a few years, but it uh, Jupiter and Pluto were together again. So now we right. know to watch that, but it's not going to happen for another 13 years. And, you know, we had a bullet breakout and mm-hmm. we handled it. And SARS, I got the SARS virus. I got bird flu <laughs> in 2004. Uh, but they, you know, this one was a tough one. This one is harder than anything. That yeah, and what's seen. interesting so, is that, yeah, when, when we were we were chatting back in March, when you were out here, when everything was shutting down, it just felt like weird energy atmosphere. Just being on the streets was like zombie land. It was this weird feeling and so it's really weird oh. joe and for everybody else is that yeah you know i talk to susan like every week and everything and she is every uh every day and she literally <laughs> is like and i gotta say this giving her credit she is spot on back in april when she called it and then she <laughs> called almost exactly to the date of it coming back and i think joe we've talked about that yeah susan was talking about this yeah, but she, she was talking about this in this conversation before she wrote it and before it even went out. And it is literally has been almost spot on to the day because she because, I mean, you look at the, you know, the I mean, I just think there's something there's so much of a vast universe we live in and all the research NASA is doing. This is an unknown viral, a novel virus. There's only so much you could do to figure out how and why the reasoning behind everything. And I just find it interesting that everything that happens down here usually concise with what's going on up there. I can't explain it. Well, you know, I keep thinking about Darwin and survival of the fittest. It's people who can pivot, who are flexible enough to, to take in the information, believe it, if it's from a verified source, and make changes as a result. All of us in business have to. You know, waiting for the government to improve the economy isn't, you know, I did a Google search. Who made money during the depression? Up came a big list. I, you know, I said top 20. 
They were from every field, baseball, um, oil company, all different companies. And it was very inspiring. And if you give the market what it wants and in the form that it wants it, I know this sounds so simple, but yet sometimes it's not simple. You have to figure out that answer. And, and once you do, you're in a greater security because we all had to get to higher ground. I was interested in the app market in 2002. I had started on the internet in, two, uh, in 1995. I had split from the big media companies. I was ready to hire my own team in 2001. But the phones were getting interesting and the apps. Now, I did get into the app business by 2003 but you were not allowed to charge readers for your app apple was still building the apple app store and uh you could not charge and then the app market kind of had a crisis in 2007 and people were saying to me leave just get out of the app business and i'm like no i have market share i'm not going to do that and Chase worked with me. I got a line of credit from them. I was able to pay my people for five years. And I kept taking other jobs to be able to pay everyone on time, which I'm very meticulous about. And uh, and then when it came back, I was in a very good position. Well, I think the thing is, though, because mobile was a standalone, which is why we created the Media Excellence. There used to be the mobile, the Mobile Excellence Awards. 13 years ago as a standalone, but as more and more brands and screen sharing and apps and technology got more savvy and pivoted, it's, it's no longer mobile. It's now we moved to the Media Excellence Awards. And so it's now becoming a full spectrum of multi-screen content. And you, you know, you, you're going into mobile and lean on that was a brilliant move for you because everybody's, you're reading you're reaching a broader market. That's why. And you're, you have more and more masses of people around the world you could reach with it. Well, uh, 52% of my audience is outside the United States. 40% are men. And I'm very proud of that because men don't like a woman to tell them what to do. So they say, okay, I have a rock in the middle of the road. Should I blow it up? Should I take a lever and push it on the side? Should I build a bridge over it? Should I walk in the other direction? Give me options. And I love that about them. And they keep me honest. And I'm a girly girl. So I keep that fluff factor way down. I speak in non-gender specific terms. I don't talk about makeup and you know things like that. I don't ever want a man to feel he's in the wrong room. How did I get here? <laughs> I have to leave. No, it's for everybody. You know, in the ancient days, it was the kings who had the privilege of astrology because they could afford the uh, services of the nearby professor at the college. He could get there on horseback and make it back to the college to teach the next day. Uh, or very right. rich families were, were able to, to afford the astrologer. Now it's democratic. Now everyone can, but uh, that's why people still have to be choosy. Choosing an astrologer, look at the person's column, read their books. If they've written any, I've written 12 books, but I write them for each year. So they kind of go out of date the next year, <laughs> but um, read whatever they have out there and see if you resonate with that person. And uh, you should know your chart. 
I think everyone needs their chart right to the day, month, year, and time of birth and city of birth. Why does the city matter? Because time differences all over the world. We have computers now that do all the hard work. I used to have to do it by hand. And uh, then you know your rising sign. And your rising sign is every bit as important as your sun sign. So let's say, like Sarah, she's a Sagittarian. We're in December 7th. But she has Aquarius rising. She was born for, for technology. And I'm so grateful to have her advice all the time because she breathes it. It's in her pores. It's, it's remarkable how skilled she is in this space. And uh, the way I met her, met you, is I went to your award ceremony and everybody at my table was raving well, about well, you. We the, had lunch yeah, well, what's funny is that, you know, I'm so glad that we did meet at Demi. And like, I think it was two years ago. Well, last year we didn't do an Emmy. Yeah, because of COVID is here. You, you, you were, you were, you were one of the best app for, um, I think, oh my God, I should know this. It's our awards. A connected daily lifestyle is you're connecting people you know, what they're doing on a daily basis. And it's funny because like, I've been with you with a few calls have come in for very, very well-known artists and celebrities that do go to you when they're planning their their strategy and the year ahead as well. So I know they take it seriously. Some of these artists, and I, you know, I'm not, I don't know if we can even bring up their names publicly. But even businessmen, CEOs, you know, JP Morgan loved astrology. He talked about it. He said, billionaires understand the cycles of astrology really? <laughs> and that was then when a billion dollars was different yeah. than it is now but, but some, of these, but some of these big artists so, and celebrities that i know you've sat with you've done dinner with your friends with you've done charts well when i when i met emma stone she wanted to learn how astrology worked she was studying it and she wanted me to explain things in her chart that she already had it was a very unusual uh lunch, it, I took her to my club, the National Arts Club here in New York, where it's, all the tables are far apart. This was way before COVID, uh, but just to give her privacy. And um, and we we talked about her chart and, and she was very inquisitive. You know, Pharrell loves astrology and he'll call me at any random time. I could be walking down the street or in CVS drugstore or anywhere. And he said, I need to touch it. I need to know what Mars and Aries means, especially for me, because I'm an Aries. So I sit down wherever I can find a little box or something and I explain to him. Um, they're inquisitive. They want to know more. They just don't want to be told. They want to read it along with you, which is very nice. I love that. Let me ask you just real quick. October 24th, 1962. What would be, I'm a Scorpio. Uh, I know that. You're good with money and you're good with keeping secrets. I could tell you anything and you'll never divorce. <laughs> okay, we'll just leave it at that <laughs> you then. You can be a spy and make a good living if this doesn't work out. <laughs> CIA, exactly. CIA. Let me ask you about NASA too. Your, your work with NASA, kind of explain, you know, in a nutshell what you did. Well, no, they just... Uh, some people at NASA um, know about me, and uh, and they call me to have them have the charts. Uh, two scientists called me that had developed uh, an essential part of the um, International mm -hmm. Space Station, and they got paid 
generously and it allowed them to start a business in 2009, which was when everything else was crashing, they were doing well. And they, they were a little frustrated because they had developed a COVID test that could give the answer in six minutes. And I said, wow, do you have a relationship with the TSA at the airports? They said, oh, yes, a very good relationship with them. It's just that the money is so slow to come. I, actually, they're on my list right now. To I felt that they would get the money near the 4th of July eclipse. Um, I'm hoping they did. They, they also said the state of California came to them. They said, you know, we've approved uh, the cannabis and some mm-hmm. is for medical reasons. But if people are ingesting this or smelling it or eating it, we have to know that the pesticides are not oh. harmful. Can you develop a test for that? And they said, in three minutes, wow. we could do that. That's an easy assignment. Then they had another assignment. They said, you know, when they put the the powder on the gloves and they're, they're seeing if you have any explosives and they've got the dogs. They said, that's, that's not a hundred percent. We have a better method, a much better method. So they were selling three ideas and uh, the one with the COVID test, uh, the, um, the Cleveland mm-hmm. clinic was uh, testing a thousand people. And so I think the government was waiting to see the good test results before they got the money, but I think they must have because the idea sounds so good. I said businesses, TSA, government, everybody needs this. Everybody, even individuals. You know, <laughs> I'd love to have one. You know, yeah, I think so, that would be big in sports. To know, be honest I, I with you, I think that would be huge in sports. What's I mean that? that. Yes, they wouldn't have to live exactly. in a bubble anymore. You know, yeah. I think, though, next year will be the rebuilding process. I'll tell you what's coming next year. No, not the frustrating retrogrades that were replete with 2020. What, what I see is Saturn opposition Uranus. Saturn rules everything that's valuable from the past, historical things, things that are traditional, things we want to keep. But then not all of them. Some things we want to change. And Uranus is everything that's innovative and different and new and exciting. And the two are clashing. So there'll be a public discussion. And even in your own life, what do I love about my life? And what do I want to keep? And what do I need to change? You know, Mother Nature knew that if she had a virus for one month and sent us home, nothing would really change. She sent us all home for almost yeah. a year, and we've had a lot of time to think. I think little children must be delighted to have mommy and daddy there so much <laughs> if their parents work from home, you know. And there's just been such a big change, and there's a huge change coming on December 21st when we have the grand mm. mutation. This happens every 200 years. Uh, I'll explain briefly. Jupiter and Saturn meet every 20 years. Oh, in the past 200 years, every time they met, they met in, uh, in, air, uh, in an, uh, an Earth sign. They met in Taurus, Virgo, or in uh, Capricorn. 200 years of this, every 20 years, every 20 years. 
This year, they're meeting in Aquarius for the first time. And they uh, are not meeting in Earth anymore. This is huge. What have we done in the past 200 years? Well, we built cathedrals and skyscrapers. We built roads, bridges, tunnels. We started the assembly line. We laid down railroad tracks. We started the Industrial Revolution. And all these things are touchy-feely things. And during the past 200 years, what you owned was important. That's Mm -hmm. changing. What's coming now in the next 200 years, and we're lucky to be born right now and, and be alive to see the transfer, after December 21st, uh, it will be what you know and what you can contribute. And when Saturn went into Aquarius very briefly this spring, from March 20th to July 1st, we got a little taste of it. And what were we doing? We were all home. We were all on our computers. And thank goodness for the internet. I don't know what we would have done without it. And suddenly companies were saying, we have to change the, the way we work. We We can't have these big offices anymore and we can't have people lined up on a big row. We have to to do things differently. Everything was changing all at once. And that's what made it so hard. Restaurants, retail, everything was changing. Uh, And that will continue. But we're going into a whole new world order. And Aquarius likes to work in groups. And we saw with the vaccine, that drug companies were working with drug Mm -hmm. companies in England, in Denmark, in France. And because of Watson, the computer, white papers were popping up on people's desks Mm -hmm. instantly. So this was very exciting. That's why we were able to fast track the virus uh, vaccine so quickly. And everything is speeding up like Moore's law every 18 months. Well, this was on hugely uh, fast scale. And you're going to see next year, governments will be tapped out of money. Remember I was saying that this year was supposed to be the big money year when Jupiter and Pluto is together. Well, after Jupiter and Pluto leave, usually it's like a hot air balloon that falls to earth. What you will see is people helping people on a scale we've never seen, and it will be very touching. Because when your neighbor is is having trouble eating, you know, not having enough money for food, suddenly buying another blouse or a pair of boots doesn't seem very important at all. And people will get involved with humanitarian efforts, efforts also to help animals and the environment and things that affect us all. And Aquarius is that way. And Capricorn is not. It's more um, about, it's a big money sign. And it's about making money and doing business and owning things. And suddenly people want to be light and travel a lot. Travel will come back. Good, 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 good. (laughs) Yes, it will. Even though we think it's never coming back, it's coming back. And, And, you know, I saw a show on TV. They're building buildings now. And they say, wait, we have to rethink architecture. We need walls mm-hmm. that move, that can uh, offer different types of accessibility when we need it, like 
here in New York, we had the Javits Center become a hospital. Buildings have to have multi-purposes. And the, the circulation system of the air has to be totally different. And, and they're working on it. There are very interesting reports on TV about this. Actually, really exciting. Usually it takes a crisis for us to innovate. And the universe is in a hurry. Good. To uh, just to, to <laughs> make sure that everybody knows this, Sarah, you and Susan are not related. Am I correct? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> not at all. We have the exactly. same last name. Uh, mine is a married it's so name. so funny, Joe. Susan you would know. You would know where all of my aunts and uncles are out there. Right. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure people out there knew yeah. that, you know, no, we weren't no. doing the nepotism well, type of thing. Actually, Susan's actual middle name is Tanacosta. True, she's a true Italian by heart. Oh, but I'm like, so like, and I we're running out of time, Susan. I'm so glad you spent some time with us on this podcast. Um, we all know that Joe's a Scorpio now, right? Yes. Okay, so that's good to know. I love Scorpio. You said October 25th. 24th. Yes. Hillary Clinton is the 25th, you know, and you know, you're going into a year where real estate, real estate, really? real estate is what you should be thinking hmm. about. And she's going to have a fabulous year because she has Aquarius rising and she's going to be making oh, headlines. Good. Okay. Good. The podcast, yeah. our podcast is a headline. <laughs> um, so Susan, for I, I, I'm, we've got to get going, but for everybody who do, they do want or they're interested in astrology, if they go to astrologyzone.com, they do the digital subscription monthly, quarterly, annually. On the mobile side, um, the new mobile app is out. It's absolutely beautiful. Great job on the new mobile app. Easy to use, beautiful. All the info's on there. We just came yeah. out with it. And so, and that's um, <laughs> on Google and on Android, daily astrology zone. And, and Apple. 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 And so they search for um, Astrology Zone by Susan Miller, daily. Astrology Zone. You know, then you could just put in Susan Miller and look for the icon AZ for Astrology Zone, AZ. Yeah, other people are using my my Susan Miller name, but they can't use the word Astrology Zone. It's a federal trademark. <laughs> so, oh, my God. Okay. But they're using my name in their Look for the AZ. Um, Joe, AZ guy. AZ, it's Arizona. AZ. <laughs> <laughs> um, Susan, I thank you so much for taking time with us. I appreciate it. So this is Sarah Miller thank you. with Access Entertainment, Media Maven. Thank Joe, thank you for co-hosting. Susan, it's always so much fun and a learning experience with you. Thank and I you. so appreciate it. So we'll see everybody next Wednesday, five o'clock. Thank you for joining us for this edition of the Media Mavens podcast. If you don't want to miss an episode or you want to find past episodes, subscribe to the Media Mavens podcast on your favorite podcast provider. For more information, go to MediaMavensPodcast.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.